All right. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the TDM Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the random nonsense that happened in Week 2, rookie risers, fallers, all that kind of stuff, stuff that's going on with the server, and we'll end up with uh, community questions. Yeah, let's uh, just dive right in here. Uh, The first thing, people have been going on and on all week about different rookies not performing up to snuff, like rookies take off instantly all the time, like that's just a thing that happens. Uh, so I just want to get this out of the way. It's week two, people. Imagine you just got hired on to a new job. And people are pissed that you're not CEO yet. Like, give them a second. A lot of these guys... Like, let's... I'm gonna go for Sky Moore first. This is a guy who was playing for Western Michigan University. A group of five school. Who was drafted in the second round. Who's currently competing with Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, MVS two dudes that have already been there and what justin watson right he's competing with a bunch of guys who have had a job in the nfl Wait, for three four five Wait, years who's justin watson what's that who's justin watson he's a buccaneers guy for like three years oh and he and he's on the chiefs yeah is there anybody really uh has <laughs> he waited <laughs> this is has he done anything? Was there any hype for this guy? Uh, back when he was a rookie, there was a bit. Uh, he's he's kind of a deep threat guy in general. Uh, okay. The three to four targets, but all of them are 30 yards downfield per game kind of dude. Yeah. But, I mean, these are all veterans who know schemes. They know the terminology. They've been there, right? And we're yeah, worrying I'm... about a rookie who missed time in the offseason from injury who's not getting a ton of snaps in the first two weeks like let's pump the brakes before we start judging these kids yeah i I, on one hand though i i kind of get it um it happens every year but uh you know sky Moore. uh, what what was like his adp for um for this draft i want to say he was like eighth to tenth somewhere in there yeah that sounds about right i think like from where you drafted him you know, I think that this draft, dare I say, has, at least for for me, um, it's kind of outperformed my expectations in terms of uh, how quickly some people have emerged. And oh, I think it's I think it's okay for people to be reacting to you know say Sky more, uh, given the fact that Kansas City is. For, for the most part, I mean, like, it, it's wide open for the taking with wide receivers. Um, and, you know, you look at uh, what Drake London's doing. He, you know, you could make the argument, oh, uh, Sky Moore has, you know, Travis Kelsey and whatnot. But Drake London, you know, he, he's competing with Kyle Pitts for targets uh, after Kyle Pitts had a, his, like, historic rookie campaign. And let, let's also not forget that he's... Uh, he's also competing with one Brian Edwards. So I think that it's, it's okay to maybe be a little disappointed that Sky Moore hasn't emerged uh, given um, what people wanted to do. But I, I think that with him, you know, 
to your point, like it's also a case of like Sky Moore. Obviously, he's he was a talented prospect, but I think for where he was drafted, people were partly once again falling into that trap of drafting situation over talent. Oh, absolutely. Um, but it, I mean, it goes beyond this. I saw a tweet the other day that was uh, talking about Brees Hall and his snap percentage. And how in week uh-huh. one, he got 45%. And then week two, he got 27%. Uh, and then it listed off like his receiving targets versus the other running backs on the Jets. And then his rushing targets. And you see his rushing percentage go up. He had 50% of the carries in week two versus week one, where I think he had like 26 or 27%. Uh-huh. I could be wrong. Uh, someone correct me if I am. But... All that tells me is that he was getting more of the work when they were in the game, and as they were falling behind, they would go and lean more on Michael Carter, who's more of a receiving specialist. Right. But you even look further, and it's you look at a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who two years ago, as a rookie, week one, he had a 36% snap count. Week two was 68, and then he was back down to 40 and 46%. At one point, he was down to 24% snap count in week 10. So it's like, yeah. pump the brakes, guys. It's been two weeks. Sometimes these guys, get a, they, they got to be worked into this a little bit. And especially when there's a lot of veterans who have been playing the game for three, four years. Like it, Coaches especially really appreciate players who do like the little things like picking up your blocking assignments and making sure you're running the right route every play and... Like, that kind of thing that doesn't necessarily get fantasy points, but helps teams win. Yeah, it happens every year, though. You know, like, exactly. everybody's stoked. Everyone's stoked about their rookies. And it, like, also happens every year where, like, a couple of those rookies break out early. And it kind of makes everybody, you know, a, a little a little nervous about why their guy hasn't done it. But, yeah, week two, I, I don't think... Um, I think that there are some calls that I'm willing to make on players, but with rookies, I I don't think that you can really uh, make any of them. You know, I the the jury's basically still out for everything. You know, like you can you can make pretty much any, anything that's happened fit whatever whatever narrative you want to happen. Like you know, look at Damian Pierce. Uh, he, he had a ton of preseason hype, and now, like, he's not really... Uh, well, how did he do this week? I, I didn't catch the Texans game. Damian did he do Pierce, well? Pierce, actually... I mean, he didn't get on the board, but uh, 62% snap count, 15 carries and a target for a total of, what, 77 yards? 8.2 fantasy oh. points, half PPR. Okay, yeah, that, I mean, that's actually not pretty good. a bad good. outing for the kid. Yeah, yeah. Week one, you know, people were declaring that the sky was falling on him. And, you know, I think just the the momentum shift from week one to week two um, is basically just like just like a case of everybody just like chill the fuck out. Yeah, it's, you know? it is like, the argument. It's here. See, things get things are wild with rookies at the beginning. And I can understand yeah. if you draft Sky more before Jahan Dotson because you're an idiot. And right. you see Dotson going and scoring three touchdowns in the first two weeks, and you'd start to worry. But it doesn't mean Sky's bad. It just means Dotson's good. Right, yeah. I, I, I mean, to, to me, like, going into this season, I was really tepid about any receiver that's on the Chiefs um, because 
people it's it's so funny how things work like when it comes to fantasy because when people say things in interviews and then it doesn't come to like whatever they describe doesn't happen they're like oh well that was just coach speak but sometimes they actually do just tell you what's going to happen yeah and like i'm more suspicious of that actually happening than like than just assuming everything's going to be coach speak and and Patrick Mahomes did say that he was going to spread the ball around like pretty evenly to everybody and so far he's kind of held true to that yeah I mean what was it what did it what is it he said at the beginning of the year he said uh it's going to be someone different every week yeah exactly and now we're acting shocked that it's someone different every week yeah now like we with the rookies you know I'm willing to let the jury be out on pretty much everybody um are there any rookies that you're already kind of out on obviously somebody like Dotson you know has seemingly outperformed his ADP um but like is there anybody that you're looking at so far where you you are kind of like uh yeah maybe this isn't this isn't going to be a thing uh I think there are some that people kind of jump the gun on. Uh, one in particular for me is Romeo Dubs, who through two games has three targets, and people were kind of anointing him the number one wide receiver for the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily out on him because, again, it's been two weeks and it's rookies. So I, I he's obviously not giving the immediate impact that people were expecting from him and I think that's what was pushing his ADP up to begin with uh so that's not really I, I know Tyler Elgeyer is another one where he has I want to say what 30 yards on 10 rushes through two games and people mm-hmm. were expecting Cordero Patterson to just disappear randomly even though this is the first year he ever had carries He's basically a rookie. That's how that works, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the the vaunted twenty nine year old rookie. Um. Oh, Shane, thank you for the correction. He said he had uh, eight targets. I was looking at just week two, so that's mm-hmm. a correction. There. Yeah, I, I think with do- I think with Dobbs, uh, uh, that that is how you say his name, right? Dobbs, uh, something like that. Dobbs. <laughs> uh. I, I think with him, yeah, everybody was uh, everyone was giving him kind of like the the Brian Edwards treatment from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be me, but <laughs> as the, as maybe the world's most reluctant Christian Watson owner in my main league, um, to me, like the the Packers situation feels a lot like the Chiefs situation. You know, like Christian Watson, like. If he becomes a thing, you know, he's Aaron Rodgers' like favorite target, then that's like incredible. But um like I I drafted him just because he was there at the beginning of the second round in like my main league. And like, you know, I didn't want to, but you have to grab him there, right? Yeah. Basically. <laughs> uh, so it's like I mean, he's got the draft capital. Um his situation could not be better. Um I I I'm somewhat encouraged by his usage through the first two weeks. Like, obviously, he massively fucked up in week one uh, by dropping that, like, basically guaranteed 75-yard touchdown. Uh, but it seems like he's 
somewhat regained Aaron's trust, and it looks like the Packers are trying to get him the ball. Um, so that's like kind of my read on that situation. Um, so basically, yeah, like to your point, I'm not willing to write. I'm not willing to write off Watson. I somewhat am ready to write off Dobbs because I kind of think that. I don't know. It, it just seems like everybody was like overlooking Watson in favor of Dobbs, and it just seems like that was wishful thinking at this point. Like people going for the lottery ticket. Maybe things turn around, but um... well, and that does go. It goes back a little bit to my first point, though, too, where like a guy like Sammy Watkins, who I mean, obviously isn't setting the sky on fire anymore, but he's still going to be a reliable veteran that Aaron Rodgers is going to be going to in relatively like need to win situations uh alan lizard is apparently the guy now <laughs> uh, so it's all these guys have an uphill battle for early snaps um for me if someone is already getting them then they're just going above and beyond and that's where you get your guys like drake london and Jahan dotson and garrett wilson who are just setting the sky on fire that's, yeah to me that's the exception yeah i i think that i I'm of two minds of it, you know. I think that receivers are coming into the league now more pro-ready than ever, and that's just, like, the way that things are shifting in terms of, like, the professional football pipeline. But, I mean, that being said, like, do I think that means, like, two weeks is the cutoff of, like, if you've arrived or not? Like, no. You know, guys like Olav and, uh, 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 you know, Sky Moore and, and Watson and everything. They got they still got plenty of time. <laughs> uh, but kind of like how things have shifted over, like, the years that I've been playing Dynasty, where it's like, um, you know, people are willing to be like, okay, well, this guy didn't really break out their first year, but he had a lot of hype, and, you know, maybe that second year is going to happen. Whereas, like, the, the data and the analytics is kind of trended towards showing, like, well, if they pretty much don't hit their first year they're they're just probably not gonna do it <laughs> yeah and it's a lot of it's just like what's the definition of a hit like for me if a rookie has a wide receiver has like 500 to 550 yards in the rookie season then i'm pretty in on them that's a pretty good rookie year but that's also like 30 yards a game it's not right a huge, yeah it's not that huge of a step so after two weeks if a guy has like 15 yards it's like this he's we've had a lot of time we've got 16 weeks left so Shane uh, did bring someone up. I'm actually going to hang on to that for a second. Okay. Um, until uh, we hit, uh, we've got a topic two from now, and I want to hit on him then. Uh, but we got All some right. temperature checks. We got risers and fallers and overreactions. All right, hit me with what you got. Um, for me, I've got three risers. I have four fallers now because Shane brought one up. And I've got one ridiculous overreaction that I actually don't think is that ridiculous. <laughs> okay, um, so it's just an overreaction. So it's just an overreaction, yeah. All um, right. You guys are already sick of all, well, two of these people, because we've buried them by now, but my risers are uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, Christian Kirk, and Curtis Samuel. Uh, never have I been happier to agree with you on all three of those. I... I don't want to take all the credit uh, because, you know, certainly I've had some help from my fellow Jag bros. 
uh, on the server, but I I feel like I willing I, I will. Uh, <laughs> wow, I cannot talk. I willed, I memed Christian Kirk into wide receiver one territory. <laughs> I, I will take I, I will take most of the credit. Not all of it, but um he was such a screaming buy this entire offseason and everybody was throwing out every possible reason to be out on Christian Kirk. And I am happy to report that Christian Kirk stocks are through the they're through the roof right now, you know? I, I think that he could legitimately be a borderline wide receiver one this season oh, from how they're using yeah. him. People who bought Christian Kirk are eating lobster right now. <laughs> yes, and I, I literally ate lobster tonight, so <laughs> I can report that everybody who has Christian Kirk has clear skin and is eating lobster tonight. Um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be very brief with Amon Ra because I mean, we can only talk about this guy so much, and it's basically the only topic we've touched on for two weeks here. Um, <laughs> but I actually had a post back in January that was basically saying he's a good player, but they're going to bring people in. And while he might be a 90-catch guy, it, how limited is he, is he going to be on value targets? Um, I kind of thought he's gonna be like a 90 catch for like 800 yards and, you know, five or six touchdowns kind of dude. Um, he's already on pace to like double that damn near. I, yeah. I mean, they only brought in DJ Chark really. Uh, obviously Jameson is injured. We'll see what happens when he comes back, but the dude is just yeah. cruising. I I I I think that Amon Ra is just a guy. You know, anything can happen still, but I think Amon Ra just might be one of those guys that, uh, like, we're we're playing a game of percentages here, and he is just an outlier. You know, like you just have to accept it. Like, like all the people who are typically right about things were 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 just off on him and. And that's even the, we the look dude at looks like, like draft, and there's always like that those one or two guys from day three who just take off, and I I just think he's last year's guy. Yeah, like, and I I don't even I I mean I would I would say that it doesn't even happen every year. Like you know usually there's like a, a gem like every couple of years because uh, like that perform at the rate that he has. I mean the dude is. You know, he's, like, setting records, right? Didn't he break the record for the most games with, like, eight-plus receptions for... Um, yeah, he tied Antonio Brown and Michael Thomas with eight straight games of uh, eight or more receptions. Yeah, and, you know, like, he he's in the perfect position right now on the Detroit Lions where nobody's really eating into him. Um, you know, maybe I'll... <laughs> uh, Maybe I'll give away one of my, like, fallers here, but, like, TJ Hawkinson is just simply not the guy <laughs> that we that, that people wanted him to be. And Amon Ross St. Brown is, like, he, he's the guy that nobody nobody thought he could be, you know? Um, and until J-Mo comes back, uh, which J-Mo not, might not even, like, be taking over that receiving core, he might be the number two. <laughs> I, I don't know. 
But until then, like, Amon Ross St. Brown has such a clear path to just being an absolute target sponge. And he's been capitalizing on the opportunities. At this point, like, I don't, I don't know why anybody would still be out on him. You know, I think you just got to take your lumps with him and admit that we were, we were all just kind of wrong on him. Yeah. And Bush is saying, uh, asking here, uh, if, uh, JMO is going to take a lot of slot snaps. Um, I think he will take some, uh, right now. I don't know what the exact breakdown for what Amon Ra is taking slot versus outside, but I would guess that those two are just going to be absolute target hogs for this offense, similar to what we were seeing with, like, Godwin and uh, Evans over the last few years in Tampa, where it's mm-hmm. basically just those two guys and a bunch of extras. Right. Yeah. Um, um, so even if... I mean, Amonra's getting, like, a 35% target share right now. But even if that goes down to 25, that's still, like, top nine in the league or something like that. Yeah, because it's not like it's not like his game has been uh, like Robbie Anderson was in 2017, I think, where Robbie Anderson was the only competent receiver on the the Sam Darnold Jets, and hey, Quincy you know, they were was a hero. Don't forget him. <laughs> no, no, I gladly will because I I drafted Robbie Anderson when he was a U, UDFA um, over Quincy Anunwa, and everyone was always championing Quincy Inunua, well, guess who's still in the league? <laughs> um, but, like, it's not like Robbie Anderson back then where the only reason why he was really fantasy relevant was because he was, like, legitimately getting, like, 16 targets a game because everyone on that Jets offense died. Like, Amon Ross St. Brown is getting a lot of targets, yeah, but he's also capitalizing on them, and and he's doing, like, some genuinely impressive stuff. Yeah. Um, And then... Yeah, I'm just gonna tail right into the third guy here because, like I said, we can only we can talk about this guy for months. But uh, Curtis Samuel is apparently just making it. So if your last name's Samuel, you are a wide back. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much somewhere out there, somebody has both, and they're just you know they they probably use that reasoning to to grab them both. Yeah, they're like well, I, I like the last name Samuel. It's working out for him. Uh, let's see. He has five carries so far um, and 20 targets over two weeks uh, for a total yeah. of, what is it? Uh, I'm just doing quick mental math. 33.6 half PPR points. Jesus. It's, he's the guy that we all wanted him to be three years ago before he just kept getting hurt. Yeah. Um, and I, I think to, like, I, I think it, Things are a perfect storm for him right now. I'm curious to see how well that will hold up because I feel like there was a perfect storm of uh, of, of things that have happened for him to, to really take that prominence where he is kind of basically Cordero Patterson light right now where I was not convinced that Cordero Patterson was going to be a season-long thing last year until like you know, <laughs> the season ended, basically. Yeah, until like we were at least more than halfway through the season. I was like, okay, surely he won't do it again. But with this, the, the reason why I'm still going to be doing that with Curtis Samuel not is not necessarily due to his injury history. You know, I think that was really unfortunate. And his talent's never really been 
in question. You know, it's really just been those injuries. But things have opened up with this new quarterback and um, sort of a lot of question marks in that backfield um, with, uh, you know, Gibson really falling and Brian Robinson having that really unfortunate shooting accident. Um, that it opened up an unexpected avenue for Curtis Samuel to just soak up like that those like point opportunities. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm curious to see like if that will stick when Brian Robinson comes back into the fold, seeing as he seemingly had the job locked down going into the year before you know the accident happened. And that's actually something that uh, I don't have him on my risers, but now that I think about it, Carson Wentz kind of stumbled into a great situation. Um, he did, yeah. Terry's I, Terry. I mean, he's a good player, obviously. Yeah. Curtis Samuel's breaking out out of nowhere. Jahan Dotson's having a great rookie year. Uh, Antonio Gibson's resurging. Logan Thomas is healthy again. Like, this guy's got everything he's need. Like he needs. It's probably the best offense he's ever been in. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And you know, <laughs> I don't know if go I buy him, for... but. I'm going to go mask off for a moment because, you know, I know that it's going to shock the world for me of all people to uh, to, to compliment Carson Wentz. But, you know, when the guy is on, like, he, he produces well, you know? Like, he has the talent um, out there. It's just been his consistency. Uh, seemingly, he has no mental fortitude. <laughs> Like, I'm curious to see if the success will be sustained, seeing as, like, every time a road bump has happened these last couple of years, it's just completely derailed his season. Yeah, um, I don't know but, what it is either, but anytime any pressure is on that guy, it's just... It's right. what, Philip Rivers, I, Tony Romo all over again. Yeah, but I do think this is probably the best, like situation that he has maybe ever been in like i think ron rivera is a really underrated coach still um looking at what he's done with the teams that he's had the last couple years i think is pretty impressive um so you know he carson's got a hell of a coach he's got the offensive weapons um and i think also like this may help him a lot, but I think everybody's really counted him out and it's taken the pressure off of him a little bit, you know? Fair. To give everyone an idea, by the way, if you're not looking right now, um, Carson Wentz is currently the number four quarterback in fantasy. Um, he is, is three points <laughs> ahead of Tua after his massive blow-up that he had last week and about six points ahead of Pat Mahomes. The dude's on fire. <laughs> he is point uh, two points behind Jalen Hurts. Who, who's uh who's number one? Is it Josh Allen? Uh, of course. Okay. Him yeah. and uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson are basically tied. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As as a Josh Allen owner, you know, like I I can never look at those numbers enough. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I can probably uh, say that I drafted Josh Allen in my home league and then dropped him after his rookie year. That's uh, that's bad it's stuff right there. I mean, it doesn't matter that much, but it still hurts. Yeah. <laughs> um. So who did did you go over your your fallers? Not yet. Oh, I'm gonna piss some people off today though. We hit on a bit of it with uh, 
the week two overreactions, but one of my followers is Juju. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a good football player. I just in this offense, I don't think anyone's dependable. I know he only signed a one-year deal, so I think he's someone that you could probably get cheap after the year and just be fine somewhere else. But he's not commanding the targets that you'd want out of a guy that you're probably paying a decent amount for right now. Probably a decent amount less than what it was in the offseason, but I saw him going for late firsts and stuff like that. That's yeah, You're not I getting mean, that money out of that. Uh, yeah, honestly, I, I think if you bought Juju in the offseason, especially at that price tag of like a late first, um, maybe that was okay given who who was around in the late first this year. You know, like outside of Dodson, I guess we're we're still kind of holding our breath for all the other rookies that were drafted around there. But you could have gotten Dodson. Um, it, I, I just think... You only have yourself to blame if you acquire Juju. I've been out on Juju for years, even since that, ever since he had that 1,500-yard uh, season. Massive right? season. At what, 22 yeah, every, years old every, or whatever? Yeah, I think it was even younger than that, right? Wasn't he only like 21? It was something. I think it was the second year in, his, in the league. Yeah, it, it was It was absurd. But even ever since that year, I I just didn't believe it. I was like, you know, yeah, you did that, but, like, let's see it again. It was purely based off of vibes, by the way, too. Well, I mean, playing like, by vibe is, is the best way to play. Right, as we've established. But ever since that year, he just has never performed the way that we've wanted to. Not not even saying, like, uh, oh, like, it's disappointing that he hasn't produced 1,500 yards. Like, because that, that's, a, that's obviously an, a, a pretty high bar. But, like... He is just disappointed year in and year out. And you can make all the excuses in the world, you know. Oh, he had Mason Rudolph. Oh, he had Old Man Ben. Oh, he uh, was playing behind uh, Antonio Brown. Oh, you know, they brought in Deontay Johnson and and whatnot. But, like, just going to the Chiefs, nothing – people kept claiming that that was, like, the spot for him to go to. And I just, I just didn't buy it. I, I don't think that he has beaten out any talent. Oh, we lost you for a sec here. Um, no, there you go. You're back. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, cool. He just hasn't done anything like since then to really like say to me, oh, he can be a number one on an offense. Um, all he needs is like to go to the right situation, you know. Like, I feel that for sure, especially uh, when you look at that big year he had. It was with Antonio Brown taking top coverage. Right. Yeah, and I I agree that he's like he's a good football player, but everybody just keeps holding their breath about him fulfilling his potential. And I think, uh, for one, I totally agree with you that just I think that the the juju ship has sailed. And like, if you can if if you can sell him to somebody who still believes that he's going to emerge in that offense somehow, like I I would totally get out on him. I think his his value is just only only going to continue to sink. My second guy is Derrick Henry. I don't think it's his fault necessarily, but we're now looking at a guy who's what is he? He's either twenty nine or pushing it. Yeah, something like that. He's, he's yeah, twenty eight or twenty nine. He is by far the oldest starting running back still in the league. Yeah, he's twenty eight. 
Um, he's on a team that can't throw, so dudes are just teams are just stacking eight in the box every play. Uh, he's not a quick guy. He's fast. He's huge. But if you get him behind the line of scrimmage, then he just can't build that momentum. And we're looking at him getting what last week he had I think twenty five yards, something like that. Um, so yeah, it it was yeah not great. He's yeah I'm I'm just gonna look at his game log here for the season. Um, twenty one attempts for eighty two yards. Okay, that's a decent day. No touchdowns. Uh, I think he had a fumble because he had seven point two points on eighty two yards. And then last week he had eight point five points, thirteen carries for twenty five yards and a touchdown. Uh, the Titans are bad. Uh, it's it's a team where you have a bad team that can't pass, so the running back's being bottled up, and he's ancient, quite frankly. What are you planning yeah. to get out of him? If you're a contender, you can't necessarily trust him week to week anymore. He, the dude can't get the yardage that you're wanting when teams are just stacking the box because they can't throw. And there's no longevity. It's like, you can't think, what about next year? Well, next year he's going to be 29. What about the year after that? Yeah. At some point, father time always wins. I I would maybe dissent about Derrick Henry a little. He's incredible. Bit. I, I yeah. I mean, I think he's incredible, and I actually think that I, I don't disagree with you about his his value taking a hit. You know, I think after two weeks, um, especially with the way that the Titans have looked, and Ryan Tannehill specifically, Ugh. like. That team is not looking good at all. <laughs> um, that was one of the worst beatdowns I have seen in a hot minute. Uh, that, that team has looked like night. one of the worst first to worsts that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it looks really bad. That being said, I do think that there. I I think that Derrick Henry might be a decent buy a, a, as a contender. If you're just like completely out on running backs and you're just looking to get a guy, I mean, how, how much is Derrick Henry going for these days? I have actually no idea. I mean, I so, could pull like, up KTC or something like that and see. Yeah, what, I'm gonna I'm, pull that up and see what his value is. Just keep going, and I'll let you know. Yeah, I I think if if his value is is his value. Is... Oh, we lost you again. So. Take big oh, hit. You're back again. Um, so far, and I think, and of course you have. So he's uh, RB eighteen on KTC. What would like value point is that? Right now he's being valued what like, I'm just gonna see if I can find a comparable running back, or uh, wide receiver. Let's, sorry. Let's see. Okay, it looks like he's going right around uh, Kenneth Walker and Hollywood Brown. And, like, adjacent running backs are, like, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Leonard Fournette, David Montgomery. Some of these value, like, I don't know. It's tough to... I'm not a big Clyde Edwards-Hilaire guy, but it's he's been very efficient this year. Saying that I would trade Derrick Henry for him is disgusting to me. But I also think forward-looking, Clyde's... He's producing more right now. So, even as a contender, at least so far, he's performing better on an offense that'll at least give him opportunities to succeed. And going mm -hmm. forward, he's only 23 years old. So, yeah, looking at something I, I... like that versus a guy who should be a future Hall of Famer, but is 
I mean, quite frankly, probably closer to retirement than anything on a team that's not yeah, going to be I, getting in the red zone very often. I kind of think that Derek, like Derek Henry, is obviously like unbelievably talented. A, a trade like Clyde edwards helaire for Derek Henry, like straight up, something it's disgusting like that. To me. I see. I can kind of see. I, I could see that benefiting. Uh, I, I could see that being a win, honestly. And my reasoning is, is that like we still are early in the season. Like the the Titans could get their shit together. That's fair. Um, and you know, Derek like Derrick Henry, he hasn't looked like particularly awful. The team has. The That's offensive insane. line has. Tannehill has, which makes them just like. Which makes defenses key in on Henry because they respect Tannehill even less than they normally do. Uh, but there's a chance that they could get them to get get their act together. And I do think that Derrick Henry, you know, Father Time, you know, causes running backs to just fall off a cliff complete completely. But I, I think that he, th- the way that he like runs, and the fact that he is just quite literally built different, I. Th- I'm willing to like say that Derrick Henry is going to be like pretty fantasy relevant at least through this year, if not also next year. And a guy like Clyde edwards helaire I feel like right now is like the last time to. The, I, I feel like I feel like this is the highest that his value will probably ever be going. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that he is a running back that is being propped up by. Um, by his situation more than anything and just the fact that like the team doesn't really have anyone else that they want to go to i know like rip the uh pacheco is that how you say his name uh, it's pacheco or pacheco i don't i don't know how the e in there is pronounced but yeah you know i know everybody wanted that to be a hype train but like <laughs> you got to be realistic with it and and i i think that Clyde edwards helaire might be like uh, essentially <laughs> like his teammate Rojo, you know, where there's going to be some hype when he goes to another team, and then he's it. it's going to be like a nothing burger, you know. Yeah. Um. So I could see like if you're a contender, go like buying Derrick Henry low, especially since I I think that his value is just going to continue to depreciate. Um. I think he's going to be a very good deadline purchase for contenders. Right, yeah. Like, I think that he's going to be your cheapest your cheapest purchase with the highest upside for this year um, for, like, that sort of tier of running back, you know? Because people, people definitely, like, value youth in a running back with, with good reason. But, but a guy like Derrick Henry I, I do think is special and, like, He's got gas left in the tank for this year, oh, for sure. And honestly, and possibly he could, next... next year, I mean, shit. The guy's built like a truck. I mean, I, he can yeah. play when he's 33 for all I know. So I do think his value is starting to tank. That's why I had him in the fallers. But he's Definitely. a player I, I do respect the hell out of him. I do think he could be a good buy later in the year, and I'll probably be eating these words when we're doing this in, you know, seven weeks. But <laughs> yeah, we now, need to take notes. I'm very cautious. For sure. Um, my last one is the entire Bears offense. The Bears suck. Fair. <laughs> the Bears Fair. are terrible, dude. I feel so bad for uh, Justin Fields. I don't even know if it's his fault, but I'm out. 
Yeah, it's... I mean, as as a Bears homer, and uh, I watched I've watched every single down on uh, down of the Bears offense this this season so far. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on this. Um, I feel so bad for uh, for Justin Fields. The, the fact that it already seems like this regime is out on him and doesn't want to develop him is just mind-boggling to me. Even if um, he's not your guy, it's like he's, what, 10th overall pick from last year? He's what you got. Work with him. Right, yeah. And it's not like he doesn't have, like, tools, you know? Like, we're not even, like, really scheming for him uh, or, 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 like, playing to playing to his strengths. Like, it's hard for me to call him bad because, like, the, there's not even, like, an attempt being made. It, the rain game certainly helped, you know? Um, that, that was one of the most fun experiences that I've had watching actual football fantasy aside like yeah. in the last couple of years was was that rain game but i mean this this week was horrendous the the first quarter or so they looked fired up and they you know maybe it tr- didn't translate into fantasy numbers but like the bears offense looked like they came to play and and were willing to fight but my god were those three quarters let's just say i found found out how long 45 minutes of playtime <laughs> would be <laughs> after that it was terrible <laughs> I just looked and, it up too, and it's it's not even just Fields or anything like that too. It's you look at the guys who you were expecting to produce on this team. Darnell Mooney yeah. has five targets so far. Cole Mo- has Mooney two targets. Like, Mooney, I, I I honestly think that Mooney is. I mean, in redraft, Mooney should not be rostered. <laughs> yeah, it's, who can you trust like, here? Montgomery's Mooney, been out. Like, yeah, Mo- Montgomery is. Montgomery and I'll, I'll say this: Montgomery is the only person who actually holds value right now, and it wouldn't hurt to have Herbert or even Ebner as My like guy. as like a, an end of roster stash. But like other than that, uh, Cole Komet. Darnell Mooney, uh, if you were counting on, I know that I've memed Velas Jones, but like, no, <laughs> Amar Smith, uh, Marset, uh, right? That's his name. Yeah. Who are these people? Like, right? Obviously, like, we yeah, know them pro- because we're nerds that just watch football all day. But the Bears' yeah, offense you... is literally Mooney and Komet and. Uh, Montgomery and a bunch of people no one's ever heard of. I mean, I've heard of Dante Pettis and Nikhil Harry. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> but that's just um, it. The team is made up of every other team's cast-offs. Right, How yeah. How many no, receivers on this team were people that were cut by other teams this offseason? Well, I, I don't hate the move, like, from a yeah, real football perspective. Where it's like, okay... There, let's get all these guys who had high draft capital who probably aren't anything, but we can get them for nothing. And let's keep them around to see if any of them have any juice left and, and could still emerge while we, you know, build a nucleus for uh, for the, the, the next guy that we want. Because it seems like they're just completely out on fields. I... 
I don't want to overreact so much to, to week two because we are yeah. one and one uh, exactly. at the end of the day. And I hope that it's just, you know, like a, an unfortunate blip on the, the radar of this season. But like week two is just not good. Yeah. And, and the fact that it was against the Packers of all teams too just really put salt on the wound. Yeah. So I'm going to get to my, um, um, my big overreaction. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you on that. I think with my my biggest fallers, like I completely agree with all of your picks. Oh yeah, do you have um, anyone you want to add? Before I mean, honestly, off the rails. So I think the two people that I would add um, to there, and I don't know, I don't think that this would necessarily uh, throw anybody off the rails or anything like that. Um, but I do think that it is now time to throw in the towel on uh, the elite ceiling, if you want to call it that. Maybe not elite ceiling, maybe just upper tier ceiling. I think it's time to throw in the towel on that for Hawkinson and Fant. Um, I, I just don't I, like it's been so long and people have made so many excuses for these guys that I just don't think it's happening. I don't think it's going to happen, like in fantasy, you know? Like, they're they're both fine guys. Like, you're, you're going to start them. But both of these guys were drafted to be, like, a set-it-and-forget-it kind of guy. And, and that's not what they are. And you're just not... You're just not going to get it. I know that it hasn't been that long in tight end years, and there's still time for them to develop. But, like, you know, Hawkinson was... Pat, like... Hawkinson was uh, promised to be Baby Gronk, right? That that was like his nickname, wasn't it? Yeah, it literally was. Yeah, yeah. he was packaged to be Baby Gronk, and he's he had nobody uh, th- there that like they're just by their name was really challenging him for targets. It was wide open, and he just has not capitalized on it. I think that Hawkinson is going to be a guy who is certainly fantasy relevant, but he's just not going to break. He's just not going to break into that like elite tier like people thought he was going to be. Kyle Pitts is that dude that people thought even even with this slow start to the season to the season for for Pitts. You know, I mean, Pitts did more in his rookie campaign than I think like Hawkinson has ever done by a country mile. Um, there is one thing I will say, because I was thinking about putting Hawk in there for fallers, but he is getting seven targets per game so far. Mm-hmm. So he's still getting the volume that you want to see out of a good tight end. I, sure. and, I, uh, I mean, as uh, I mean, Shane put in here again, he's had two top five finishes for tight end. Um, yeah, but I, I, don't I just think don't... he has the elite ceiling that you want. Right. He's that's not that's where really that next Kelsey or something like that. I think he'll be a yeah. quality starter for a long time. A la like someone like Greg Olson that you just kind of fired and forget. Yeah, exactly. Um, like I, I think that Hawkinson is going to be like he's going to be a perennial tight end one. Yeah, but he's not going to be the game winner that you want. He'll just be right. a quality player that you roster. Right. Like it's been. Like, being a perennial tight end one, it's been discussed to death. Like, that doesn't really mean anything because tight ends, tight end one every year is 
<coughs> Excuse me. Uh, it's essentially Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, Andrews, and then, you know, now shuffle up eight other names. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got another guy I'm going to be adding here in a second, but... It's it's been the same dudes pretty much every year. Right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I mean, like, like, what kind of tight end one do you want to get? Like, for the amount of points that you're getting, did you want to spend a first round rookie pick on Hawkinson, or did you want to pick up? You you literally could have. I got Waller in my main league for nine fab before the the season that he broke out. Oh, getting I got Logan tight ends is free. I got Kittle off a of free agency. Right, I got I you know I got Waller and I got Logan Thomas and I Logan got Mark Thomas Andrews is, off a of free agency. Yeah, Lo, like, Logan Thomas is a very like you know he's putting up basically the same like the same numbers that Hawk usually does, and you got Logan Thomas for free. Exactly. So that's the value. I think the value in tight end is finding <laughs> that next guy who just breaks out for free. Yeah, because tight end is such a slow building position where by the time someone is breaking out, they're like they're already taken by someone because they were drafted really high or they're on free agency and they're just happening to have that season. Right. Um, and with Hawk, at this point, buying him is probably pretty expensive even now. Yeah, I, because, I, and there's I, a lot of sunk cost fallacy with that too. A lot, he was taken, I think like 6th ADP or something like that. His his ADP was pretty ridiculous his rookie season. Uh, I did try to trade for him uh, last season um, before I was kind of completely out on him at cost. Where I think I offered a projected like early second and Logan Thomas for him, and I don't even think I would make that offer <laughs> right now. What's your overreaction so far? Ah, man, my overreaction right now is, it's difficult to say, the Bucks might be a dumpster fire this year. <laughs> um, not from like a real football perspective, but it might be a bit of a dumpster fire fantasy-wise. Uh, I'm not really sure what to make of their situation, because these first two weeks have been so weird for them. Brady hasn't really looked that good so far. But again, it's week two, so... But it is it's, week it's two, but I, I think with with Brady, you never want to write him off because, like, when they beat the, the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, they looked like dog shit. And Brady even said in a post-game presser, like, yeah, we don't have a good offense. And then they won the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anything could happen with him, but, like, you know, he's 45. And at any moment, those, like, he could go from one week looking, like, okay – to what we saw with like Peyton Manning where it's just like you have no arm like you can you can process what what the game but that it doesn't help when you can't throw the ball farther than you know 10 yards exactly. you know and i just and, i want to say something real quick uh sorry for interrupting you the guys talking yeah, in uh, the live chat when we're talking about risers and fallers we're like with fallers we're not saying they're dead we're just saying they're not playing up to what they cost Right. Like, their value is definitely taking a hit. Hawk is still a good player. He's still someone you probably right. want to start. But Hawk is, Hawk is not only rosterable, but Hawk is he's, very clearly startable. I think he's a He's probably he's a tight the best more. tight end on your roster if you have him. 
Yes, exactly. But um, he hasn't been putting up the numbers you want. That's all we're saying. Yeah. It's not to say that he like you, you should drop him or you should like trade him. Like if I if I had Hawk, I would I would probably hold him unless somebody was still overpaying him thinking he was gonna be an elite tight end. Exactly. My overreaction is way less exciting and way more exciting than yours. I think uh by this time next year, Pat Fryermuth is going to be one of the guys we're talking about with Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey and all of those guys. Uh, Adam, really? if you're listening, you're welcome. Uh, Pat F's the guy. He's really good. I, I actually haven't watched uh, too much of the the Steelers. I've only caught, like, essentially the end of both games. Has he really looked that good? Uh, let me give you an idea. Uh, the Steelers are a dumpster fire, and Pat F is still uh, tight end number six. Okay, that um, is... He's averaging about 50 yards a game. On He has 17 targets through two weeks, a touchdown, nine receptions because Trubisky can't hit the broad side of a barn. I want to say he's second on the team in targets behind only uh, Deontay. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I, I, could see, uh, I, I could see him being pretty damn good this year if Trubisky keeps starting. Um, I guess that's a pretty big if uh, with each passing day. But he does like his safety blankets. And I don't know if anyone's around. They want to see the his picture on Sleeper, but he looks like a Steeler because he looks like Ben Roethlisberger if Roethlisberger was half his age. Uh, <laughs> so this is he's just my guy. I don't know what it is. He's obvi- It's obviously an overreaction uh, because there's a lot of good young tight ends right now, but I don't know what it is. I think he's just the guy. Somebody's going to be that guy, and I I think that he's got as good of a chance as anybody. Um, I would definitely rather have Fryermuth than Fant, for sure. Thank you, Silver. So everyone <laughs> that's in the uh, live chat can see Ben Jr. Hopefully, yeah, wow. that, late. He his head looks like a grape that is being squished. What do we got next year on the docket? Uh, the week two, the games of the days. Uh, what the hell? Every game was apparently a comeback. Yeah, I so I didn't get to watch the early slate of games because I that was when I left for my business trip and uh, went to a Boston Red Sox game at Fenway. Oh, that's kind of cool. It, it, it was kind of cool, and uh, the Red Sox sucked this year, but they did Even win better. 13-3. Oh. But uh, I was checking my phone very often while I was at the game looking at the live scores and I just don't want to talk about what happened to my Ravens. (laughs) I would say that that wasn't even the worst blown lead of the day. Even though I I gave up what, 28 points in the fourth quarter? While only scoring, it was either three (laughs) or seven, I don't remember. It was was a lot of points. It was a lot of points to a little. Well, the fact that it was just a fucking Tua. <laughs> the, the best part is everyone was talking about how Tua was a bust leading up into the fourth quarter, and then he threw, like, four touchdowns just in one quarter, and, well, never mind. He's fine. Yeah. I'm still no, not buying I, the guy, but, like, he's definitely yeah. serviceable. If I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm not pissed that we have him. I actually think that uh, Tua, uh, Tua was one of my risers for the, this last week. Like I, I think I don't think he's gonna be doing that week in week out. But 
he finally had a performance where he kind of dad dicked <laughs> like a little bit just to show what he can fucking do and he showed that the connection with him and Tyreek yeah, is, is real yeah like like that that Those was deep that 30 was, yard passes were awesome yeah like it, he was just doing things that like I didn't think that he was capable of doing and just the fact that he finally showed what his ceiling could be like was was huge um as for the games that I did see you know I caught the the afternoon slate with that bonkers fucking falcons game (laughs) what the hell was that hey they're scrappy they are like my god that's why like a game like that you know things obviously didn't turn out the way they wanted it to but like that's why i'm like yeah if you told me the falcons won the nfc south i'd be like "Mm." so they did yeah with uh (laughs) stellar i'm just like looking at their offense man and it's just so uninspiring too like Mariota played fine enough. Well, hmm. He lost a fumble through two picks, two touchdowns, about 60% completion. Yeah, and, I mean, hey, uh, ask Kirk Cousins if he would trade stat lines this yeah, last no week. Kidding. He might. Cordero <laughs> uh, Patterson with his 10 carries for 41 yards. Uh, Al Geyer with 10 carries for 30 yards. Like, Drake London. I mean, Drake London's the man. He had... Eight yeah, he, 12 receptions for 86 yards and a touchdown, a two-point conversion. But after that, it's Olamide Zacchaeus. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. I don't care. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, Kaderil Zacchaeus Hodge. has been... Who, who is that? Kaderil Hodge. Who is that? <laughs> he, he's is he a receiver? He's 27. It's his fourth year in the league. Is he a receiver? Yeah. Jesus. Brian See, Edwards like, was fourth in targets. I don't want to talk about Brian Edwards. Uh, Kyle He's... Pitts had his three targets for 19 yards. Like, yeah, well, their their usage of Pitts has been disgusting. It's been horrible. It's like that's why like Criminal. like Pitts Pitts's value has taken no dive in my mind because they haven't even tried to give him the ball. It's not like Pitts has looked bad. He just hasn't been, like, schemed in. And we know that it's not because he lacks the talent. Like, we... We've seen it. We just know that. You don't do what you You did last season. You don't have 1,000-yard rookie rookie tight ends unless you're good. Yeah, unless you're great. Pitts Pitts is firmly, like, I I think going to be in that tier of, like, Kelsey Waller. I think he already is. It's just been a slow start. I'm not... Like, I'm not... I'm not not into the first two weeks on that guy at all. He's ridiculous. Right, like if anybody is out on Kyle Pitts, like sell them to me. <laughs> you know? Kyle Pitts as a wide receiver was a first round pick. Right, like, yeah, he's, as he's a tight guy. end. He's, yeah, he's a fucking cheat code. If you're but fading like, him, fuck you. Yeah, like I, I, figure I, I it would, out. But like that that Falcons offense is so stupid. It's just like, like why are you doing the things that you do? <laughs> yeah. They- that team is not a good roster, and their coaching isn't doing them any favors. No, no. I mean, but, like, yeah, the NFC South as, as a whole is just really bad. Like, like, what is going on with the Panthers? Christian McCaffrey, like, is, is – he's as good as he ever was. Like, why are they using him the way that they use him? They did this, like they, – they've done this for a couple years in a row when he's been healthy where they they just like refuse to like let him cook when he finds a rhythm and 
It's yeah, just he had 102 yards on 15 carries. What are you afraid of? Like, uh, like, uh, come on, give him the ball and he will do it. <laughs> I understand that he got injured like the last couple years, but like, you know, why have a guy if you're not going to use him? Right, like, play like, the game. You don't, you don't get a fucking Porsche to keep it in the garage. A lot of people do. Well, yeah, but <laughs> a lot of people are stupid. Well, I don't think it helps that Baker went 14 for 29. Right, uh, Baker's Baker's really looked atrocious. Uh, he barely made a Baker's dozen passes. That's my bad joke of the day. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, I'm here. All day. Shoot. That's Browns. The Arizona Cardinals came back late against the Raiders. I'm going to get to my favorite game. Everyone knows what the favorite game of the week was. We were all cheering it on. Um, the Jaguars blanked the Colts. That's always funny because every time the Colts go to Jacksonville, they may as well just throw in the towel. It's insane how it's, reliable it is. It's gotten so bad that people who aren't fans of either team just know it's a thing now. Which, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not I like mean, it's either team is particularly popular nas- like nationally or anything. So if you know, like, regional team Colts and regional team Jaguars when they play each other in Jacksonville, that the Jaguars just win, it's a problem. Uh, New England and the Steelers uh, tried to lose, and the Steelers did a better job. Uh, Yeah. The Bengals (laughs) are terrible, man. What's happening with them? Poor bitch. The Bengals Uh, lost uh, to the Cooper Rush-led, like, no wide receiver having Cowboys, which Shane mentioned earlier, fade uh, Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, do that because the dude's losing snaps to like, what's this, Cavante Turpin, 26-year-old rookie? Noah Brown. Uh, Noah Brown, who apparently is the number one receiver there now. Uh, C.D. Lamb, yeah. obviously, is C.D. Lamb. Simi Fajoko, like, you're a third-round pick and you can't get I know don't overreact this week, too, but, like, these are nobodies, and he's not even around. Yeah, and, and that's not even to mention that Gallup is coming back yeah, any that's... week now. And I, I I have never been happier to be a part of Gallup gang. I don't think that Gallup is going to take the leap in value that Christian Kirk did. No, he's not going to blow up, but he's a good player. That's pretty hard to do, but I, I do think that there is a non-zero chance that Gallup is the number one receiver on that offense. I, mean, he's, I, he's I think he's a very good player. Um, He's a very good player. My vibes have been, you know, in the same way that they told me to get out on Juju. Like, CeeDee Lamb has kind of uh, inherited that, like, Juju uh, crown for me, where everybody was ready to anoint him like a a top-end asset after their rookie campaign. Like, everyone was ready to anoint CeeDee Lamb after his rookie year. And I I, I just didn't know. CeeDee Lamb's third year, too. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. I'm pretty um, sure he was the number three wide receiver and uh, ADP just behind uh, the LSU boys, uh, Jefferson and Chase. Yeah, exactly. Like he was up there, and I just did not, I just did not buy it. Um, you know, I think that he was the the benefit of like some uh, of some game script, and you know, he's a good player. I think that Lamb will probably be a better asset than Juju is kind of averaged out to be, but I just don't think that he's the elite guy. And, you know, I think that Gallup is going to be the, the receiver to own there, if not fucking Noah Brown. <laughs> right. And then the last game of the week uh, that I really want to get into is the 
the Jets. I, yeah. I know you didn't see the Jets beat the Browns. They were down oh, by I, I saw the at the yeah. two-minute warning. I had my buddy texting me the whole time I was at Fenway giving me the play-by-play. You know, as a Ravens fan, I just got to, like, I'm firmly on the, the, the Flacco is elite camp, you know? Well, and the Browns have just, they've turned themselves into, like, public enemy number one at this point. Yeah. Uh, they've had some of the stuff that I saw from, like, their tailgate. Oh, disgusting. Just like, belittling, like, and diminishing the seriousness of the allegations against Deshaun Watson and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean. what's coming to them. Y- yeah, I, I, I hope that team. a 13-point lead to the Jets. Like, dude, soak dude, in it. To Joe Flacco in 2022. <laughs> Like, like, really process You it gave for... up 307 yards and four touchdowns to Joe Flacco. In 2022! That's a bad stat line to give up to Joe Flacco in his Super Bowl run. No, Joe Flacco... Like, okay, Joe the Flacco... Playoff, playoff Joe is a different man. That Joe was the Flacco best playoff is... series I've ever seen. The oh, regular yeah, season no. Joe is a pretty mediocre player. It's, it's not even that it's, like regular season versus postseason, Joe Flacco is a fucking enigma. <laughs> he has had games where he'll throw six touchdowns in one half, and then he'll have games where he just looks like complete dog shit. Like, there, there's just not really any consistency with him other than really that, that Super Bowl run, which I will contest was the greatest Super Bowl run of uh, any quarterback ever. Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> um like his ceiling, like the the fact that his ceiling is still there in 2022. The man's is 37. Just, yeah, but that's like, not like it's Tom just, Brady 37. This is Joe Flacco 37. This, this is, is human Joe being 37. Flacco. Yeah, I I agree. I, that came out of nowhere. Um, Get but after God my damn, man. I'm glad that it came. And I'm the last one. I'm going to tap on. There's two guys on the Jets. One Garrett Wilson. Welcome to the show. Yeah, he's a he's a he's fucking insane. Hundred two yards, two touchdowns, eight receptions, fourteen targets. Welcome, welcome to the league. Thank you oh, for coming. What was, what was his ADP? Was he like a mid first? Uh he was somewhere between three and four usually, or three and five. Uh-huh. Sorry, uh, Kenneth Walker and Burks would be up there. I want to say one yeah, and two I... was pretty consistently Hall in London, and then after that, it, it, this year was a mess. It was like I I think it was pretty consistently like Hall, London, Burks for a while, right? Yeah, you can you can pretty safely say people who drafted Garrett Wilson are happy with that choice right now. Yeah, I mean Garrett Garrett Wilson is looking like that dude. He is currently the score. number one rookie, just ahead of Jahan Dotson. The other guy I want to that, talk about is Corey Davis. Hey, rumors of his demise have been greatly exaggerated. You've chosen to talk to the right guy. That vaunted Davis Flacco connection. I went to Western Michigan University for a reason, damn it, and that's to talk about Corey Davis. I can I can talk about Corey Davis for fucking days, and I I think he scored twenty six fantasy points. Not setting the sky on fire or anything, but everyone thought he was going to be dead with Elijah Moore and uh, Garrett Wilson there, and he's just trucking along doing Corey Davis veteran shit. No, he's he's like he's looked better, uh, or, or he's been like outproducing Elijah Moore, right? Yep, Elijah Moore is uh, he's not having a great start to the season. I mean, he's got twelve targets through two weeks, so I mean, he's averaging six. No, it's a, yeah, he's been fine. That's not, 
He's still getting yeah, 90% snaps. Yeah, I'm so. not suggesting that like Elijah Moore is bad yeah. or anything, but like Corey Davis has been he's fucking just good. trucking along. He's been a starter. Yeah, he's, I'm looking at snap counts right start. now. Uh, Garrett Wilson, week two, 61%. Corey Davis, week two, 79%. Elijah Moore, week two, was uh, 87%. So Moore's still leading the team in snaps, but Corey Davis isn't just going away because they have other guys. Right. Yeah. He's a yeah, fifth he's overall start. pick for a reason. And yeah, he's, he's... I mean, he's not he's winning play. games for people, but... He's I mean, not if I have to throw him on my flex right now, I'm happy about it. Like, sure, whatever. He'll get me my 12 points, and I'll move on to the next week. Now we, we've we kind of beat the week two chill-out topic to death here. Uh, so i got a couple <laughs> of uh, fun little stats. Uh, the Bengals are last in the AFC after going yeah, to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I think the Bengals might actually be a dumpster fire this year. Uh, they need to figure it out. All of the memes about Chase being the right pick over Panay Sewell... Uh, after his great last year, uh, Chase is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, but man, their offensive line—you can add whoever you want. Those guys are terrible. Yeah, Burrow it really does seem like that. I mean, that this team, year what we I, thought they were going to be last year. I want to say I forgot who posted it, but the Bengals were one of the only teams over the last decade that made the Super Bowl that didn't have a top ten offense or defense. So they just kind of got hot at the right time. I mean, hey. The cracks are starting (laughs) to show. Yeah. Which hurts because, I mean, as a Lions fan, I was excited to see another maligned team who was like, oh, hey, after 30 years of not making the playoffs, we're going to the Super Bowl. Let's do it. And it's like, hey, no, no, it's hope for me. And, well. Yeah, it was good to see some fresh blood in the Super Bowl. For sure, I'm I'm kind of, I'm definitely gonna be sad if like the Bengals are actually ass again, which they very much are looking. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's hurtful. I was hoping for more. Yeah. On the flip side, the NFC teams that are undefeated are we hit on the Eagles. The Eagles are great. They're just yeah. a good team. Jalen Hurts is getting the, setting the sky on fire. We don't need to talk about them. They're great. The Buccaneers, not really surprising. They haven't looked great, but they've squeaked no. by. Yeah, not really surprising, but man, do they not feel like a two and O team? Yeah, they're. I'm not surprised that they're two and O, but geez, they they're acting like they don't want to be. It, it, this is well, two and O to me for them through these first two weeks was the expected result, but I'm not sure they could have looked worse doing that. Yeah, they're. It's it's been an ugly uh, couple of games to do it. Yeah, and I, I don't really, like, you know, how much road do they have left that they can scrape by, like, get, getting these wins with their receivers getting injured or suspended, Brady kind of not looking that great, like, uh, you know, how has their run game been? Uh, I actually haven't heard too much about that. I've heard Lenny hasn't been stellar. I'll take a look at him real quick. I know he was apologizing to his fantasy owners on uh, Twitter, which is usually not yeah. the greatest sign out there. I mean, it's. I mean, for me, it's been two weeks. I'm not panicking. With like, if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm happy that I'm two and zero, and hopefully. Yeah, I, I mean, what you're gonna be on, angry whatever. that you're two <laughs> But yeah, they haven't looked great doing it. And then, of course, I mean, we hit on this earlier: the Giants, the New York Football Terrible. Giants. 
Just terrible. <laughs> I, I, the, the Giants being 2-0, like, actually makes me angry. I mean, let's look at who they played here a little bit. They beat a bad Tennessee team 21-20, and then they beat the Panthers 19-16. So it's not like they're playing the best competition. I just love the fact... The, the topic here that I kind of skipped over is that, like, it's week two, let's relax a little bit, because the Giants are 2-0. <laughs> the other one is that the Lions currently have the top-scoring offense in the NFC. Let's relax. They're scoring 35 and a half points per game. They're fourth uh, in the NFC in uh, point differential at plus Jesus. six, which says a lot about how the season's going. You have Tampa yeah. at plus 26, the Falcons at plus 20, uh, and the Niners at plus 11, and then the Lions with Jared Goff. Yeah. Let's relax a little <laughs> bit, guys. Let's Let's hang out. On the AFC side, I mean, there's the reason I didn't bring it up too much is it's not particularly surprising. The Dolphins are undefeated. We kind of expected they'd be pretty solid this year. Um, yeah, they they've definitely looked like they like as a team they're they're really clicking in the way that people thought they or like were hoping. Yeah, and then the other two are the Bills and the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah no surprises there. Now, one thing I do want to point out um, with point differentials is the Giants' two wins are to Carolina, who we've gone over, is horrible, and Tennessee. Tennessee's minus 35 in points after two weeks. They're losing on average by 17 and a half. Ouch. Not great. Uh, <laughs> the, Card or the Panthers are only minus five, so they're losing at least close, but the the film guys will tell you, they're, they're awful. Yeah. On the flip side... The best teams in the league, the Bucks and Chiefs, are plus 26, which is tied for second behind the Bills, who after two games are plus 55. <laughs> the, like the, the, Bills, the Bills are disgusting right now. It's, it's been the case for the last couple years that when Josh Allen is on, they are the best team in the league. It just kind of looks like he's doing a much better job at being consistently on than before. And that team just looks They're just fucking, they're nasty. They they are just complete destroyers. What like that Tennessee game was forty one to seven. Was so bad. And who who did who did they play week one? Uh week one they, they played, the Rams. played the Rams and just pummeled yeah, them. Yeah. They made lunch meat out of the Super Bowl champions. Yeah, it's... They're silly. Just, just crown them. Whatever. Let's get the season over with. I, I mean, <laughs> I would I would love if the Bills won the Super Bowl. Like, right now, I like I think Josh Allen is uh, the number one player in Superflex. Um, just owning him is, like, maybe the most fun that I've had like owning a player ever in, in fantasy other than maybe like Christian McCaffrey's 2019 campaign. Um, that was pretty damn fun. Yeah. <laughs> but like Josh Allen, he, he, you know, it's, it's just insane that he's a set it and forget it like 35 points. And the way that he does it is just like, you know, he's trucking guys over, he's juking them out. He's tossing the ball to himself. Like, he just does it all. The throws that he makes are just insane. And then you even look at, like, like the running backs are mediocre. 
I mean, Devin Singletary's a good player, don't get me wrong. Uh, Zach Moss, everyone knows I love the guy, but he's fine at best. And James Cook hasn't looked great. But the receivers are just, like, kind of coming out of nowhere. Like, Isaiah McKenzie, who's kind of been a bum for a couple of years, is like, oh, here's just Isaiah McKenzie now. Gabe Davis is every who everyone thought he was going to be. Uh, yep. Stephon Diggs is unreal. Yeah, Diggs, Diggs has been... Josh Allen he's is been elevating. Been to me, it's... You can put anyone out there, and he's just going to make it happen. All right, and uh, all right, let's, let's move on to some other stuff. So we're, we're going to get into some meta stuff. I know people have been asking about guests and how we're going to handle them. And we haven't really figured that out yet. Obviously, we publish this. We don't expect it to really be a thing because it's, you know, a Discord server podcast. But we also don't want you to be so insufferable that people won't listen to it. So we're, we're going to come up with some sort of vetting process, but... After this week, because we wanted to have one week where we can really kind of find a flow before we get into it, we're going to start bringing people in. Um, it'll first probably be people who have been here before, hosted last season or whatever. Uh, You're talking about, like, people on the server being guests, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, we've yeah. also had talk about bringing in people from outside for potentially a different series altogether, where we'll have our regular Wednesday 9 p.m. showing and then... If someone wants to do, like, what uh, Josh and Scott did the other day where they were doing a live draft. We're working we, on we it. Got some, we got some irons in the fire. Yeah, we're, we're figuring it out. So be patient with us. If there's anything you guys want, let us know. Uh, we're going to be adding video, probably better quality at some point. We want to hear your opinions. You, you guys are the ones listening. We're just talking to each other. We can do this on our own all day. Uh, so let us know. Um, then other than that, this is a segment that I want to do every week, but it kind of depends on you guys to not be cowards about it. And it's the shoey of the week where we're just going to pick a shoey <laughs> out of the list and pick a side. We might pick the same side. We might pick a different side and go at it. And we just want to see who's, who we think is going to win. Um, this week, no one actually did one in the last seven days. So shame on you guys. This is your fault. But on the well, 12th, we, we didn't put it out there. We didn't put it out there yet, so... Now, now that people know, there's something for people to strive for, yeah. you know? Now now we know. We're trying to push you guys a little bit, you know? If you're making a claim, back it up. Um, right. Jesus and, and, make it... and Nick put one together, which is Amon Ross St. Brown versus Deontay Johnson. Straight up, who's going to score more in PPR? Ten games minimum. Who's got who? I'm going to let you guess. Uh, I'm going to guess that Nick has Johnson. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Our boy Jesus will uh, never not pick the sun god. I mean, it's in the name. Jesus is always going to go with God. Um, I mean, isn't Amon Ra beating him right now? Uh, Amon Ra is crushing him right now. <laughs> right, uh, he's, so... Well, he's wide receiver number two. It yeah, granted, it's so... only week two, and Deontay's been a wide receiver one the last couple of seasons. True, um, but I mean, I... you know... Nick, we'll see. my my friend, I'm not feeling very good for you right now. Yeah, that's that that's gonna be one of those outliers that that you know Nick will gracefully drink out of a shoe. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm looking at the uh, gap right now. This is in PPR, so it's gonna be a little off because I'm looking in half PPR. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. Where is Deontay in this? Uh, 
Amon Ra is currently. Uh, yeah, Deontay is currently spotting Amon Ra 33 points after two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like 51 to 18. So that's not, not looking great. very good, especially since the <laughs> Steelers' offense as a whole is looking horrible. Yeah, well, just just wait. Mitch doesn't really turn it on till like week four or five. <laughs> Trubisky's <laughs> the guy. I mean, just, just he's, wait. he's so it's good that teams to... want him so bad that he's already on his third one. All that he's doing is obfuscating the game tape so that when he turns it on, teams will just be blinded by the brilliance of his play. Yeah, he doesn't want to give away all their plays and stuff for the playoffs. Right. Trubisky is what I like to call a jazz quarterback. You know, it's about the stats that aren't there. <laughs> oh God, he's terrible. All right, let's let's get into community questions. Uh, yeah, this is the next question. Yeah, for these, especially because uh, I put in more in our script here than uh, I probably should have. I didn't know how long this is gonna take. We're gonna kind of rapid fire these. It's going to be pretty short one-sentence one answers. The first one's from Alb. Uh, what do we think about uh, the week one performances and which ones are we reacting the strongest to? I'm going to also include week two now because it's week two. And for I me, mean, I'm going to be quick. I'm going to be concise. Amon Ra. I mean, the dude's got 17 receptions and 24 targets in two weeks. Uh, that's not fair. I was going to say that. So He has instead, the same number I'm... of targets as... Uh, Actually, no, he doesn't. Jeez, he has as many targets as Cooper Cup has receptions. Someone needs to slow that guy down. But yeah, um, he has like the same number of targets as uh, like Jalen Waddle, Devonte Adams, Justin Jefferson. Actually, one more than yeah. Justin Jefferson. Dude's crazy. I'll say, uh, I'll say for mine simply, since I can't say Amon Ra, um, I'm gonna go with uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he's killing it. He's cruising. What are you gonna do? Yep. And I will not re- elaborate further. Yeah, he's next question. That's it. <laughs> uh, number two, uh, Jesus, how many leagues do each of us have? What's the most leagues in a season you've ever had? And how has your strategy shifted in any ways year by year? That's going to be hard to answer in one one sentence, but I'm going to try my best. Uh, I'm in four leagues. That's the most I've ever been in. I like being in a few leagues so I can actually focus on them because I'm a very competitive person. Uh, my strategy has shifted from being the generic running back first guy that a lot of us were in redraft to just taking what other people don't. That's it. Yep. You're up. Uh, I'm in currently, I'm only in one dynasty league and I'm doing three redraft leagues. Um, the redraft leagues, I don't really pay attention to cause they're just like for work and, you know, helping out like a, a girl that I've been seeing with her work <laughs> league and, and just like another one with some friends. You know, hey, the couple that drafts together stays together. Yeah, I last year I was in like four dynasty leagues, and honestly, like I just found myself not really, uh, not really paying attention to like more than one, and it was like stressing me out. I know some people can just like reduce the players down to like value and everything like that, but I I get attached to my guys, you know. So Absolutely. like, like th- this year I cut back on that, so now I'm just focusing on one league. I might join like another league next year, but like I would, I think I was really close to dynasty burnout last year, so I decided to scale it back for this year. Um, next one is by Adam. Um, he has three questions here. Uh, who okay. is our week one plus two? I guess uh, victory lap, walk of shame, 
and then one specifically for you. Are you on the Trubisky train? <laughs> I mean, what am I what am I supposed to say answer about that? Of course I'm on the Trubisky train, all right? <laughs> Steelers fans are bitching and moaning because he won them a game in overtime and nearly won them a second game too. Wah, boo-hoo. Sounds so fucking hard. Just wait. Trubisky is going to go undefeated the rest of the season, and he's going to bring your sorry franchise kicking and screaming to the Super Bowl, and then you guys will still bitch because he's got a squeaky clean reputation, and he's not rolling around in the mud like your other quarterbacks have. Well, I got news for you, Steelers Nation. Get fucking used to the name Mitchell Trubisky, perennial (laughs) Super Bowl winner. Perennial. Oh, we're gonna have to hold you to that in three years. I said what I said. Absolutely. Um, for me, my week one victory lap was Zach Moss. Uh, I can't say the same for week two in his like one point. Uh, so I guess my week two walk of shame is Zach Moss. My uh, my my victory lap that I'll I'll gladly take. Uh, you know, I just gotta reiterate it over and over again. Is Christian fucking Kirk? Yeah, I should have listened. Yeah, he's the man. You're right. Yeah, walk of shame uh, so far is probably Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> no, I will not elaborate. Next question. Next question. Jack Apples asks, is there anyone flying under the radar that you're trying to get in a trade right now or aren't selling? I mean, it was Dotson all offseason, and now that he just keeps scoring touchdowns and can't stop. Guys who are under the radar right now. I guess... Uh... For me, I mean, we started the podcast with him. I'd say Sky Moore. Sky Moore, that that's not a bad one. I think right right now, I think is a good time. If if you believe in any of the rookie receivers um, that haven't emerged yet, I think that now is a good time to get them because I think this year the the class has uniquely broken out um, at at an extremely fast pace that. Everybody who isn't Dotson or isn't uh, uh, Wilson or isn't uh, uh, who's the third? Wouldn't you, yeah, yeah, who? Yeah, if you're not London Wilson or um, Jesus, I keep forgetting. London Wilson or Dotson, I got you covered. All right, thank I'll be you. here all thank night. You. Yeah, if you're not one of those three, I think people are hit, hitting panic buttons. So. Like there, there's still plenty of time for them to break out. People might be selling them at a discount for you know, like other people who who have gone on fire. Um, I can't really think of any of any like vets who are flying under the radar. Um, Probably Derrick Henry. Derrick, well, yeah, that, that, like for reasons why I like outlined earlier, where I think Derrick Henry is like a great buy low, like. I think Derrick Henry could be flying under the radar, um, for sure. That's that's possible. All right. Uh, let's see what we got next. Uh, you know, I'm gonna skip this one because I have had no waiver pickups yet this week or this season. Yeah, I sorry. I haven't picked anybody up. Sorry, on Lee. I know you're asking about uh, which waiver pickups we're most excited about so far, but we haven't done it yet. I th- this I actually feel like this year has been really uh, has been pretty unique in that respect. I feel like every year there's a guy that I'm like trying to get. 
I think maybe the only guy who has been waiver wire fodder that like I don't have that I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't get was Jordan Mason, but that's actually who uh, he asked in the question. He said, "Who uh, did you pick up week one, and why is it Jordan Mason?" Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Um, I think that he will be the starting running back for the Niners at some point this season due to the curse that that team has. But I don't think that he's going to be Elijah Mitchell where, you know, he gets the job and holds on to it. I think that that team is definitely Mitchell and Wilson's as long as they're healthy. Yeah. Adam asks, non-football related question. Thoughts on the first four episodes of Heart of the Dragon. Has it been good enough to get you back House of the Dragon. Or House of the Dragon. He said heart. Set me up for failure, Adam. Uh, has it been good <laughs> enough to get us back on board after the abomination that was season eight of Game of Thrones? I will answer that right now. I have never seen Game of Thrones, and I have not seen this. So I cannot answer that. I don't have Oh, man. Uh, well... <laughs> I don't know if people are going to like this answer, uh, but I think House of the Dragon is straight up an ass. Um, I I do not think it's been good. I I will watch it every week because my life is not so exciting that I can't afford an hour uh, every Sunday. But, oh my God, I do not see what people are are seeing in this show. Uh, I don't care about any of the characters. The wigs look horrendous. Um, and like, I won't get into spoiler territory, but like the ending of the last episode, which I believe was episode five was like the kind of shit that like somebody like, it was like a bad fan movie. (laughs) I, I, I I do not like this show. Fair. (laughs) All right. Green asks, who was the, who, uh, this one's for me, I guess. Uh, who has the best chance of winning my new tight back return league and why? This league is super flex, two tight ends, tight end premium, and return yards. Um, I couldn't tell you. It's week two. But me. Because I said so. Um, no, if people in the server were interested, because uh, we live drafted uh, in Dynasty Talk. I mean, if everyone is interested enough, I'd post updates every week, but that's more work than i want to do d muse which we learned that's actually how you pronounce it asks who do you think will be the next running back to break the thousand yard receiving mark last done in 2019 by christian mccaffrey and additionally why is it zach moss the reason why (laughs) it's zach moss is because he's elite well i i I think the reason why it uh it won't be zach moss is simply because they uh what was the name of the guy they drafted this year james cook baby because it's gonna be james cook (laughs) uh no realistically i I don't think the next guy's in the league right now yeah i that that's it might be gibbs who who Jameer Gibbs from uh, Alabama. He's basically the top wide receiver, but a running back, so it could be him. Uh, But yeah, yeah, it's either someone in this upcoming draft or someone we've never heard of. It's it's going to be a long, long time. Yeah, that that feat is absurd, so I I don't think the person's in the league right now either. Sam is asking the question. This is a question for you. If you can, uh, I'm going to send this to you so you can pronounce it for me. But he asks... Uh, Rina Sawayama. Yes. He asks, why is she the next great pop star? 
<laughs> I mean, Rita Sawayama, you know, I'll I'll try to keep this concise, but both of her albums are fucking incredible. She's a hell of a performer. Uh, her visuals are on point, and I think that she's uh, really dialed into the culture. I, I think that the reason why she's going to be the next big pop star, and remember that you heard it here first, but she's going to be in the upcoming uh, John Wick 4. And uh, right now she's kind of like, you know, she's bubbling. The, the people in the know know Rena, but I think everybody's about to know Rena. Um, her music is fire. Total babe. Great fashion sense. Uh, you know, she's she's the complete package. Fair enough. Uh, this one's for me. Uh, how will JMO's return affect DJ Chark and vice versa? I think people who are expecting JMO to break out instantly this year are going to be disappointed. Um, I think Chark will be fine even going into the playoffs. I know he threw up a goose egg this week, but I mean that just kind of happens sometimes. He's still got his targets. JMO's coming off of an ACL tear and is going to miss the first few months of the season. That's not particularly conducive to breaking out instantly. And Chark, for what it's worth, is actually a pretty good football player. Obviously, he's not someone that you want to be starting in fantasy all the time, but he's, like we said earlier, he's one of those vets who just knows what he's doing. I think it's more likely that people are going to be irritated that Chark is getting a lot of the snaps that they want JMO to get than vice versa. Yeah, JMO seems like somebody whose rookie campaign is going to be really hard to judge, um, you know, due to him coming off of injury and being a rookie and Almond Ra just killing it, you know? Yeah, JMO's the guy you drafted for next year. That's that's just (coughs) how it is. So if you're expecting anything, I think he'll show out. I think he'll look good. He'll have his moments, but you drafted him for 2023. Yeah, if J- if JMO can have like a game this year where he puts up like 70, 80 yards or something like that, like I'll I'll be impressed. <laughs> Alb asks a question for smart people. Um, what is your main data points or what are your main data points uh to help you make decisions post week 1 and I guess now week 2? Uh for me it's always snap count and targets for players uh or carries just how much are people being used? Yeah, that's it. I, I, as somebody who's not like a huge data nerd, uh, that's like that's probably it too. Like, I, mean, I even with a guy like Clyde who's killing it, he's only getting like ten to twelve touches a game. If I see someone who's getting twenty, I'm probably still starting the less efficient guy who's getting the opportunities over the guy who's making the most of his. Right. I mean, yeah. Like, I I think it really is like as simple as that, and I I think like no matter how like uh into you know data points you are like i i think that the conversation is almost always going to start there oh this is a long one i'm gonna have to read this i uh, i curated it so it's a good question but it's long mcsilver asks i would imagine most of you buy into the mantra of talent over situation but that situation matters more in the redraft context given this how do you like to handle players who've demonstrated significant talent but have production limited by situational factors when you are a contender and in a league that has less trade frequency. Examples for this season may include DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, and CeeDee Lamb. I'm not going to lie, I read that question and did not absorb a single word of it, so I'll let you answer that while I reread it. Well, I, I think what the question is just asking is, like, so everyone always harps talent over situation. 
But how does that factor into your dynasty league when you're like trying to win it now? You know, would you trade a player with less talent for a better situation? Like, like where where is your line for that? Oh, if I'm understanding the question correct. Um, yeah, I personally, I pretty much never make contender moves. I accumulate value on my teams until that value is good enough to win. If it just so happens that one of my guys is having a down year because of poor situations, I'll just kind of muddle through. Uh, It's very rare that I'll go out and buy someone that doesn't have the shelf life that I want or doesn't mesh with the rest of my team well if another guy's underperforming if i think that that guy's situation is poor and should improve yeah i think uh so last year a little bit of context as some people might know but i traded for like i i was the defending champion in my main league and my receivers were kind of uh lackluster you know my main guy was godwin I had Corey Davis, uh, Kenny Galladay before he just <laughs> dropped off the you face know. of the earth. Yeah, Add Kenny him to the Galladay. fallers. He's dead. Yeah. So like I, I had I had guys, but I was looking to make like uh, you know bolster that. So I was a, I thought I was a contender since I was the defending champion. So I traded a first round pick that I thought I was going to be the owner of like a late pick for Robert Woods, and. I don't hate that move, you know, a first for Robert Robert Woods going into last year. But then two weeks later, you know, he tears his ACL, and now he's just kind of in purgatory on Tennessee. Um, I, and I don't think that that's, like, the most egregious, like, contender move. I uh, Like, I think a lot of people would have done the same thing in my situation. But, yeah, that, that kind of made me um, – weary of doing anything like that in the future where I just don't think I, I I'm not necessarily the person who overvalues youth but I think like I made that move kind of out of like uh like cockiness and and whatnot where I, w- I wasn't like a huge like woods believer or anything so it's made me like a, a little more weary about uh, about doing like win now moves and and giving and overvaluing or, or actually undervaluing like where my draft picks are gonna be. Willie T. Sherm asks, "How far into the season do you wait before deciding if you are buying, selling, or holding?" Uh, for me, it's pretty much the deadline. Uh, before yeah, I kind of. There's no point in making moves for me if my team gets is stacked but gets injured. All right, well I'm done. But who knows? Hmm. If I keep winning, I keep winning. If my team sucks. Yeah, I I, I think that. Uh... The most value that you're going to get from your trades, I think, are at the beginning of the season and at the deadline. Anything in between, I feel like one party one party is giving up more than the other. At the beginning of the season, you know, everything's, like, kind of new. And at the end of the season, like, everything is pretty much set in stone, and you're just looking for that extra push in either uh, contending or in value. So it's just a matter of like taking advantage of that. Um, anything in, like in the middle of the season, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I'm just constantly reevaluating how I like approach the game. Um, but I, I feel like like the beginning of the season or, or before it and at the trade deadline are like the the two most optimal points where you can kind of prey on people's uh, emotions a little bit. A lot of questions about Jesus here, all in a row. 
about why he's both the best, worst, and most average member, and also why he's a member. Only going to answer the one by June here, which asks, what makes Jesus a TDM member? Because he's in the server. That's it. Next question by Weaves. Would you rather have one pit-sized Wandale or 100 Wandale-sized pits? Um, it's obvious. I'd rather have 100 Wandale-sized pits because that would make pits a short king, and one short king is worth more than 100 tall people. Uh, I, I would agree with that. It's just, it's just I, lopsided. Give me yeah, all the short Yeah, I, I think that there's uh, personally nothing more embarrassing than being over six feet tall. So, yeah, I would gl gladly take... Uh, uh, you know, the, the Ron, was it Rondale or Wandale? Wandale. Was... I mean, okay. you're, you're arguing 5'8 versus 5'7, so you're, you're there. Either way. <laughs> right. If your name is Ondale, you're short. It happens. And we love you for it. Um, Got a question for both of us individually. Uh, for me, what made me get into return yard leagues and why do I swear by them? Well, a few years ago... I can't even remember. I want to say it was Tyreek when he was breaking out, but he had a huge return for like 90 some odd yards uh got tackled at like the four it, it probably wasn't Tyreek he doesn't get tackled late but dude had a big return gets tackled next play catches a touchdown for like six points and I'm sitting here thinking he did all the work and I ended up losing by four knowing that he put in a 90 yard return and I'm like that's bullshit this guy put in all the work yards are yards I, I do kind of I don't have any leagues redraft or dynasty where uh, I've I have return yards but I I think that's so stupid when I was like originally getting into fantasy twelve years ago I was like cheering because I had Deshaun Jackson on my team yeah. and the dude was like a total return yards beast but he wasn't getting the points and I always thought it was stupid that that's like not the default you know because like. Like, yeah, you have guys that will, like, return, and, you know, they're also, like, a starting wide receiver, and you might argue, like, oh, well, like, those guys are obviously elite. But, like, yeah, you're yeah, just changing the parameters with, like, how players are valued. There's some guys who, you know, have next to no value other than, like, their return, being, like, the return specialist. But, like, that just makes those guys valuable in that way. And it's... <laughs> Another one for me you know? is, I know that it's a special teams play, but the receiving team for me, at that point, you're already on offense. You're already gaining yards. Right. So yeah, I, I think those should be rewarded. Uh, for you specifically, when are you going to get back to making league uh, memes for uh, the live game chat? Uh, I'm hoping to do that. Um, I'll, I'll try to be more active going forward with it. It's just been tough the first two weeks. Uh, You've been out of town. Because I've been so busy. Yeah, I, I, I've been out of town this uh, this last week and then uh, week one, um, I usually try to like not be on my phone as much and like watch it, <laughs> like w w watch it with my friends, you know, like as we celebrate football coming back. But I I do enjoy uh, making the memes live, usually after having a couple brews and uh, finding out how close I can get to being banned without actually being banned. <laughs> Fair. All right, next one. If you're a competing team who is a running back, eh, if you're a competing team who is a running back, you'd be targeting with a single first. Please use commas. Um, bonus points for an answer that includes a 23 first, a 24 first, and or a 25 first. Um, basically, who's a running back that you would buy as a contender for a single first? And what was your answer? Uh, for me, it's Nick Chubb, if you can get him. I don't know if people who have them would sell them for that. But I, target. As a Nick Chubb owner, I probably would not. 
Um, but uh, I mean, I, I think that my answer, uh, if you could get Aaron Jones for a single first, I think that's obviously a smash. I you might be able to get him less than a single first. Like I don't know how people are valuing uh, Derrick Henry, but like I, I I think that in the context of this question, if you're a contender looking for a running back, I really think that Derrick Henry is going to be a good buy right about now or in a week if like he has one more bad performance. I just. I'm not willing to accept that he doesn't have juice in, in the tank still, you know? Um, I'm not going to go in, because he asked bonus points if you give an answer for a 23 first, a 24 first, and a 25 first. That's, that's too much thinking two hours into the podcast for me. I apologize. Silver asks, what do we think about Zach Wilson? Uh, I, I'm not willing to judge him yet. I'm not out on him. Yeah, I mean... I'm not necessarily a believer, but I, I'm i not necessarily out on him. I had Zach Wilson and Justin Fields ranked about the same this offseason. Um, yeah, that's... Just, that, I mean, they're but again, I'm, fairly I'm not, similar. I'm not out on either of those, yeah, of those guys. He hasn't you know? yet. I, I think for differing reasons, their, their rookie campaigns aren't necessarily something that you can judge them on. And I think if people are still willing to hold tre- uh, water for Trevor Lawrence, I don't understand why you wouldn't be willing to do that for Wilson and Fields still. Yeah, um, and just to add to it, uh, just uh, as an anecdotal piece, I drafted Zach Wilson in my most recent startup uh, just after Mac Jones and right before Jameis Winston in like the mid-fourth. Uh, okay. I think at that point his physical upside which his mom's best friend is well aware of okay is, uh pretty decent i think i mean for the price why not grab him i mean he's pretty cheap and he hasn't really done anything since the end of last season to hurt his value so yeah I agreed i yeah, not necessarily a big believer, but I'm not out on him. Exactly. I, I think I mean, he's, he's a still... second-year player who was the second overall pick last year, and eh, I yeah, mean, there's there's worse darts for the price. I, I think that his his range of outcomes is still about the same as when he was drafted. This is the last one. We're gonna wrap it up on this because we've uh, got about three minutes before I turn into a pumpkin here. The Eero asks, "It's early." Are, but are you as excited for the 23 draft class as you were before the season started? And if not, why? I know a lot of the guys that people were expecting to be the top-tier dudes for this draft aren't really playing very well in college right now. <clears throat> so there's some fading and regression to the mean where even generational draft classes are uh, not as good as advertised. But on the flip side, there's always those late risers every given year, like, you know, your JMOs or your, what is it, uh, Joe Burrow or whatever, who just break out last year. And it's like, all right, well, here he is now. So I'm not really moving on it at all. I think it's a good class. If anything, I think 22 was underrated. I think even through, like, the first two weeks of this year, and, and maybe maybe this is the way that people have just felt about this year's draft class, but like, I feel like this this draft class is 
really been outperforming at least my perception of it. And I know that there was essentially no running backs outside of Brees Hall and maybe Kenneth Walker. Um, I know that there were just straight up no quarterbacks in this class, you know. Um, I'm not a Kenny Pickett believer. Um, not really any tight ends. Who was who the number one tight end in this class? Uh, Trey McBride. Okay, yeah. Um, where did he go again? He is in Arizona, where he has. Right, uh, right. He was, right. I think, a healthy scratch week one, and their number four guy week two. Nice. Well, they're pretty well I mean, hey, if that trend continues. <laughs> yeah. He's getting better every week. Um, to be fair, they have, I think, right. it's Max Williams, Steven Anderson, and uh, Zach, uh, Zach Ertz. So it's like. It's three guys who are very much role players, except I mean, Ertz is a Hall of Famer. So, yeah, but I, but I think yeah. I think that this this year has been a good um, kind of a good lesson where we we knew going into this draft class that there were going to be good receivers. So I think that if you were maybe willing to trade your because like the the value of the twenty three class, the value of first round draft picks has been insane. Since, like, people have been eligible to trade into that year. Um, but I, I think that if you took, if you traded into the 2022 class and you were intelligent about it, drafting talent over situation, basically meaning the only non wide receiver that you took in the first round was Brees Hall, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> the, I, mean, I guess the Brees. The jury's still out on Kenneth Walker, I suppose, but I, I'm not terribly optimistic. Um, but is if if you trade it into the 2022 class, like at the expense of like 23 for for whatever, um, and, and you just took receivers, like you would be sitting so pretty right now. Like you, you could make an excellent receiving core on a dynasty team just from the rookies this year so far you know if you manage to get london and and you totally could have if you if you manage to get london dotson and uh wilson like fire them up you know right like like that's your team is would be looking great right now so i i think next year like i'm i like it's been a weird college season so far like i don't watch a ton of the games i usually honestly wait till like pretty much college football is done before i start looking at <laughs> the, the upcoming draft classes um i'm still excited for it based on all the hype uh but i i think i am less excited than uh before the actual nfl season started this year yeah and it's like i get the hype there's a lot of great prospects coming in but like pump the brakes these guys still haven't taken a snap yeah, I well, I think the main reason why people are, for all we yeah, know, they could I, all be third rounders. Well, I I think the reason why people are hyping it up is because there there's like the diversity of positions, you know, like this year has already been a stellar receiving class, but like there's no, like like I said, outside of Brees Hall, there's no running backs, there's no quarterbacks this year, like, um. I mean, this, yeah, this next is year's, obviously just a wide receiver draft. Right, yeah. So, ne- next year's got your running backs. It's got your quarterbacks. Um, so, like, you know, it's got the diversity. But, I, I, you know, next time a class like this rolls around, like, I, I feel like I'm – I, I want to buy, 
you know, I, I, I wish that I would have bought more than I did. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, uh, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we went a little long, but we missed a week, so that was bound to happen. And we'll catch you all in the next one. Yep, this is a lot of fun. Um, see ya. Bye. <laughs> oh, oh, oh.